How to Coach Your People to Get Unstuck with Craig LeMasters. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I look forward to another episode. And boy, you are on a streak. You have been uh, talking to some of the greatest uh, coach people around the country, around the world, and great authors, and uh, Craig LeMasters is no exception. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a great book called Unstuck, and we talked about how to coach people to get them unstuck. People, because of the absolute wealth of information you have today, you get to get overwhelmed with information, and he shows you how to cut through that, cut through to the priorities, what's important, what's significant, what matters, and then allow you to make better decisions so it's a great book, and he, he talks about – it's got a number of interesting stories. Uh, he was a CEO of a Fortune 500 subsidiary. I think they had like $5 billion in sales. So he managed a lot of folks, use these techniques in order to get his team to improve their performance significantly. So it's a, a great interview, and I look forward to people having the opportunity to listen to it. Well, I really love the idea that you're sharing all these other folks that are talking about the concept of coaching and leadership mm-hmm. and getting unstuck and really – making yourself even better, hearing all these other voices are, are great. And only, you know, really, Roy, it only backs up what you've been telling the folks. So congratulations to all the podcast listeners who already know this stuff. Absolutely. And it's just <laughs> important for, you know, those frontline folks, those managers, even senior leaders to get these skills here. You know, I've had a CEO here just last week ask me, what are some great questions I can ask my senior leadership teams? We have more in-depth discussions about their values, their beliefs, where they want to go. And that's the real key of coaching. The stronger the relationship, the more that you know each other, the more you know their strengths, then you can help that person move their career in the direction of their goals, their wishes, their hopes, wishes, dreams, and aspirations. And it's such an important skill. Enjoys listening to Craig LeMasters. All right, let's get to it. Here is uh, Rory Rowland speaking with Craig LeMaster. So welcome to Coaching for Potential. Today we're here with Craig LeMaster. He has written the book, Unstuck, How to Unlock and Activate the Wisdom of Others. Craig LeMasters, welcome to Coaching for Potential. Thank you for being here, my friend. Well, thank you, Roy. It's a pleasure being with you today, a topic I love to chat about. So I really appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. And we had some great conversations getting started of it. And one of the things that you, you've that I can really tell you're passionate about is wisdom. And you've actually got a wisdom formula. And I've never seen the wisdom formula before. <laughs> so walk people through why the wisdom formula would be helpful for coaching folks. Yeah, absolutely. And every, everything I talk about and really my body at work now and what I'm passionate about, as you said, Roy, is based on this formula because, and we can get into it, but I think wisdom is often the missing link in our journey to make uh, good choices. Um, and so to me, it's important to define it. And in my, there's lots of definitions of wisdom. They're all, they're all good. But the one that I've really landed on over the years is this unique intersection of both knowledge and experience experience. And I can't say that emphatically enough. It has to be both because what I found over the years is if I either had one or I was getting help by somebody that had one and not the other, it just wasn't the same. So we got to find that unique intersection. Boy, when we have that wisdom, which we we talk about, I think everybody has some, um, it's pretty special. That's how I define it. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I talk about, and obviously this is a program on coaching and helping yep. coaches improve. 
But one of the things I loved is that you actually talked about wisdom can be improved and there's actual psychological studies on that. So talk about the studies that talk about wisdom can be improved and actually how it can be improved. Yeah. And, and again, there's so much rich research out there. And and where I tend to start is is we have to buy into it first. And, and, and you know, do we believe that perhaps what is prohibiting us to move at the speed we want to move, which is, I think, what we're all supposed to do as leaders. And my definition of leadership is super simple. We got to make choices. And we get paid to do a lot of things, but number one priority is make, is make choices. And, and what I landed on as years of running a big company is when I was struggling making choices at the speed I needed to and, and, and really good choices, even when I did, when I debriefed on that, what was missing was this wisdom piece. And it was typically getting outside of my core. I mean, we're running our core business. I think you would agree. We all have, we better have wisdom. We better have knowledge and experience to run our core business. But that's not the reality. We got to grow. So when we grow, we're moving outside of that. And every time I did that, where for me, it was China expansion. It was digital transformation. But I realized why we slowed down was we were missing this knowledge and experience. So if you buy into that, and I got fascinated by it when I started trying and fooling around with these concepts. And that's where a lot of the research came from was there's this great body of psychology, really, I guess you would call it, out there and, and research and work around those elements of wisdom. And again, we get mis- I think it gets misinterpreted where, at least for me, the visual of re- wisdom was always this all-knowing creature or person, <laughs> Yoda, right, from those days. I mean, and that's just not what it is. It's not reality. So, yeah. Or so I Solomon. Got, uh, or yeah, Solomon. Or, or Solomon. And you think about, yeah, and in and, and, and our biblical history where those were wise people, but the reason that Solomon was so wise is, guess what? Lots of knowledge and experience, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of examples, particularly in, the, in our Old Testament of very wise people, but they had years of knowledge and experience that combined. So yeah, part of what I love for leaders are, are topics that are not just interesting, but if you buy into it, we can improve it. So if you break down the definition, and this is what you're alluding to, and we think about our knowledge and experience, well, of course we can increase both. The only question is how and what's the most efficient way to do it. And that's where I got super excited when this stuff started helping me. Uh, that's really why I left public company life after 11 years in that CEO chair. This is why I did this is I, f- I just bumped into this and it worked so well. I thought what a fun thing to do is to go out and share it. And, that, and that's really why, because we can get better at this quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I love in the quote in the book, it says, wisdom is demonstrable and able to be developed in dialogue between two people. And that's really what coaching is, is helping people become better at making wise choices. And right. uh, I love the quote you put in here with Socrates. And it says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. <laughs> and I think that should be the, the, the mantra of a coach. So go into that a little bit more detail, yeah. because that's, Knowing nothing is such an unsure place, but how can you make better decisions with more confidence when you come from a place of, I, I don't know and I need to find out? Yeah, that's right. And it really starts if you look at sort of the unstuck quote methodology we use, whether it's individually in a coaching environment or corporately on hard corporate stuff, it all starts with this point, Roy. And, and why is that definition that we you shared of the quote from Socrates important? There's tons of definitions around the single most important word to make this work, which is humility, right? That really is describing 
humility. And I, somebody asked me the other day, because as you know, this whole concept has grown pretty quickly over the last three years. I said, well, what's the single most important criteria for this to work? I said, super simple. <laughs> Executing this stuff is not that hard. But it starts, step number one is humility. Mm-hmm. If the leader can't accept the fact, I don't know all this stuff, and I don't have the experience in all this stuff, none of this works. And quite frankly, it won't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I will tell you that the encouraging part, uh, again, I've only been doing this for three years, but we've been very fortunate to work across, I think, 12 industries, hundreds of different leaders, mostly C-suite and people that, that, that really are making decisions. And I've met one, this is pretty cool, I think, one out of hundreds and hundreds of these conversations in the last three years, one leader that just after talking through the definition of wisdom, definition of humility, that actually looked me in the eye and said, this don't need any of this. We pretty much know all this. Mm. Now, again, that's a sample of one. Now, antidote, just saw in the Wall Street Journal last week that organization is going bankrupt. So I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> correlated, but it felt like it to me. It's like, I, you know, I didn't do it, but I wanted to call them tell you, told you so. But, <laughs> but it does start there, right? I mean, it, you got it. And especially as fast as we're moving, right? And we all know that the speed and, and it's, it's warp speed. So we got to start with that humility. I love that definition, um, the quote. And then the definition is we've got to be humble enough to just admit we don't know it. Just just admit it and we can move forward. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Harry Truman. I actually live in his hometown and yeah. it's, it's a great place to live because he was the epitome of a president who was humble. When he right. walked away, he completely walked away from the presidency. He made the decision that he would write a book called Mr. Citizen to yeah. illustrate the point more that he was just Joe yeah. Sixpack. Yeah. And, and he was a real servant. He was, I mean, talk about servant leadership. I mean, that was, you could tell from the core, mm-hmm. that's what he was trying to do, right? Yeah, we can was, argue the decisions and left and right and all the stuff we get into today, but at the core was a real, somebody that really cared, a real servant leader mm-hmm. that had the humility then to go admit that. Right. And, and I think that's why he's one of the most successful leaders. A lot of uh, historians now will easily put him in the top 10 of presidents. Yeah. Some of them put him in the top seven. Yeah. Uh, some have even put him in the top five, but clearly the top 10. And, and one of the reasons I think that is because his humility was such a key it was, you know, even to name it the Marshall Plan, to feed Europe after the war uh, and not even call it the Truman Plan. He just called it the Marshall Plan because he, you know, didn't want to uh, name it after himself. And so right. Jim Collins obviously talks a lot about that. And you reference Jim Collins in your books and yeah. talking about the humble leader and, and go into that in a little bit more detail on that how the humble leadership approach can help coaches be more effective. Yeah, and again, I, I think it all starts here is, is my whole point on this, Rory. If we don't have that, I think we waste our time, whether it's coaching, whether it's other work that we do, development work, be- because the reality is we're just not listening. And quite candidly, when I started doing this, because it's how we behaved as my own senior leadership team, and all the work I do is just based on an operator's perspective. Again, I'm not a thought leader on on really anything other than stuff that worked for me and my organization. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. So it's kind of all I knew. And that's, so that's where I start with every leader, again, whether it's a coaching engagement or, or bigger work, not bigger work, but different work around this advisory board using the unstuck methodology. It all starts at the same place, which is let's just explore this topic of humility. How do you define? it, 
I mean, here's how I define it. I'm super public with mine, you know, with the book coming out, and I love talking about it. But how do you define humility? And is it really important? And it's pretty cool. And you've been doing this a long time. You can tell within minutes how sincere people are and willing to admit that I just don't know all this stuff. And it's moving super fast. And, and oh, by the way, my company's spending, I had this happen last week, you know, millions and millions of dollars on blockchain. And mm-hmm. let me let's, let me just whisper in your ear for a second. I don't really get it. Is it a block or is it a chain? <laughs> and and these are like and, and you know what? The only reason that that appeals to me is that this is what I did when I was a leader. And we walk around often posing like somehow we're superhuman and we just we have to know we're supposed to know all this stuff. Newsflash: nobody does. You know, I, I use a picture actually when I do talks, and it's a picture of me. Uh, actually, I couldn't get a picture of me because it, it was it was seven years ago. But a picture of a person curled up in the corner of an office, and I use it as a great visual. I think of this is your CEO, and the reason I know that it's me, and this is after I went and gave yet another aspirational speech about digital transformation and how great the company was going to be and what we're going to look like and got tons of applause and standing ovations and I went back to my office and I curled up in the fetal <laughs> position and started sucking my thumb right because that's what we do it's hard because you know what newsflash I had no earthly idea really how to go execute that mm-hmm. and the only reason was Roy not that I'm not a reasonably smart person I had a super smart team we had never done it before I mean, our knowledge and experience, wisdom on that topic was probably two out of 10. Mm -hmm. And the day we recognized that and we went and found some wisdom just to help us, honest, humble wisdom from operators that had done it before us, in eight months, we built an incredible digital part of our company. But without that reality, and it had to start with me, and this is what I encourage leaders today, it's got to start with you. You can't run around the organization, tell everybody else to be humble. We've got to learn stuff, and it starts with you. So it is just near and pretty passionate about it, as you can tell. It's near and dear to my heart, because if we don't get over that threshold, none of the other stuff matters. I'm just not going to listen. Doesn't That's matter. right. That's right. Um, yeah, I, the very first time I was managing a credit union and I was a CEO and, yeah. and I literally, I knew nothing. I'd finished my MBA. It was a troubled organization. Uh, they only hired me because nobody else wanted the job. And so I walked in the meeting room, the very first meeting room, and I had no idea this was the right way to approach it, but I, I wasn't smart enough to lie to them. I just walked in and I said, you know, and I know, and I know that you know, and you know that I know that I know that you know, I know nothing. And, I love it. And so I'm going to ask a bazillion questions. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. I will tell you this. I will be here. I believe in 90% of success is just showing up. The other 10% is not leaving. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay here the whole time and we're going to do it this way. And so, uh, and I had no idea at the time that was the right choice. It was just, I wasn't smart enough to lie to them. Yeah, no, and it's awesome. It's it's obviously why you've been so incredibly successful in your coaching practice and other things you've done is that that's to me it's 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 it, that's humility 101 and um I'll probably plagiarize everything you just said there cuz that's one of the best descriptions that I've heard of humility 101. And I love what you said at the end. The fact is we're going to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll go, we're going to make this happen, but let's start with what we don't know. And let's quickly then get the wisdom to make this happen. I, I love your description of that. Right. And we did, we worked it out and it, sure. and we got it turned around and, and life was good in that regard. Yeah. And I love you talk about level five leaders have no ego or self-interest. Indeed, yeah. they're incredibly, incredibly ambitious, but their ambitions first and foremost are for the institution yeah. and not for themselves. Yeah. And I just think that's so important for coaches that, 
their, their goal is helping that individual they're working with, not themselves. So talk about level five leaders yeah. and, and the importance of that in helping people grow and, and get better. Yeah, well, and you see a trend here developing, right? I'm I'm not smart enough to have a whole bunch of trends in this stuff that I do. (laughs) All roads lead back to what we just said. That level five leader example ties back to what? It ties back to humility, right? Because they're not talking about what's good for me. It's about what's good for the organization. That is something, again, that that I certainly look for immediately. And it's super easy. I mean, let's just ask more questions for crying out loud. Let's, Let's talk less and ask. Leaders are starving to tell their story, to talk about what's really I use this to vernacular stuck and unstuck, which just works beautifully because they're super confused by it because everybody wants to say, well, I'm not stuck on anything. Then I describe what stuck means. And all of a sudden, by the end of a 30-minute conversation, they're using stuck and unstuck more than me. It's like, well, I'm stuck on this too. I'm like, isn't that a credible thing? But if we're super candid about what we're stuck on, and, and, and yet the questions that I want to understand are, you know, why are you trying to get to this destination? What impact does it really have? And does it help these incredible people who you're here to help provide a living for, a future, a career, if we want to call it that? I mean, that's really why you're here, I hope, and that you're uniquely gifted to do something to improve that. And that's what I want to hear. And that's why I think the whole level five thing is super important. And, and again, another, you've got great examples for me. I'd never thought about that, that it was called the Marshall Plan and not the Truman Fan plan. I mean, what a beautiful example of that type of level five leadership. It really was about the organization, in this case, the whole country and not about me. Right. And so that's why we kind of poke at that, uh, that, that topic as well. But all roads lead back to the humility factor. Absolutely. I've got one more Truman Marshall story. Yeah. Uh, Marshall was probably one of the most revered leaders, and he was just an extraordinary World War II general. He was right up there with Eisenhower, and when Truman was going to select him as Secretary of State, people said, don't do that. Most people think he'd be a better president than you, not only a better Secretary of State. And he goes, I agree with them, and that's why I won him. (laughs) I love that. That's another wonderful story, right? And and, it's it's interesting you say that, Roy, because part of why I left company public company life. I told, you know, that, that I wanted to leave at 55 to go do this work. And part of it was, I was just super passionate about this. And I thought, what, what a, what an incredible blessing that'd be to have the best big company job and then maybe have a little company that had made an impact. But the other important part was I was sitting there, I looked at my team and realized we, we had built this team and I could look at four or five of them and know they were going to be better at this job, whoever got this job, than I was. And guess what? That's exactly the way it played out. And it became, back to the questions, one of the questions that I love talking to leaders about, particularly CEOs, which is just tell me about your team. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting by asking that question and not guiding them mm-hmm. about half the time you start to hear that that you know Jim or Jane wow they are not they're not only just talented they could run this place and probably going to do better than me at it and I'm like wow this this person gets it mm-hmm. <laughs> they really get the whole people part of this but yeah that is another great Truman story I love this yeah and that's such an important key is that humility yeah. And I love this question here. Can you recognize and acknowledge that you're stuck? Yeah. And you talk about it in the book, I won't steal your thunder. I want you to take the thunder here. But 
Why is that such an important question for leaders? I, I love that question. I think it's a great coaching question. You know, can you recognize and acknowledge that you're stuck? And why is that yeah. important? It's important because to me, it's now, I want to get quickly over. If you tell me you're humble and I'm starting to believe it, then I want to, I want to see the proof. And the proof organizationally is, well, just tell me what you're stuck on. And again, I'm not a consultant by training. I don't like buzzwords or fancy words. I mean, I just like conversations like we're having here. I'm not a PowerPoint fan. Um, I just think it's leaders need to be very good at conversation. So that's why I make this conversation. Now, again, now what I usually get is, well, what do you mean by stuck? My definition is, is and again, because I'm from the South, it's like getting stuck in the mud in your car and in the Georgia clay. It's just, you're just not moving as fast as you would like. I'm not suggesting that you're not trying. I'm not suggesting you're not smart. I'm not suggesting you don't care because I did, but I got stuck all the time. You know, I built a great big global company and we did great in South America, Latin America, Europe, and all of a sudden I got stuck in Asia. Why? Because I think Asia is really hard. I got really stuck in China. Why? Because China is really even harder. And so I just want to know what you're, if that's my definition, just play the game with me. This, is there anything you're stuck on? It's just not moving fast enough. You know, you're trying hard. And, and, and usually, Roy, that really brings down the tension that, oh, wait a minute. And again, I have a, probably a little bit of advantage because I sat in the CEO chair for 11 years or for public company terms, that's 44 quarters, by the way. <laughs> so I sat in that chair and I know how hard the job is. I mean, good grief, these are some of the hardest things somebody can go do. And I just want to be candid and say, look, here, I'll tell you, those are just two examples. I can give you 50 examples where I got stuck. And usually people interrupt me and say, you know what, now I understand that. It's not about, you know, again, we're bad people. It's just we're just stuck. And it's mm -hmm. awesome. Get people to open up and just tell me what, tell us what you're stuck on. I mean, that's, that's why I spend so much time on this and nothing makes me happier today than, you know, every day I get to have conversations, like I said earlier, where I hear people start to use the vocabulary. Yeah. And by the way, I'm stuck on this and it feel pretty good getting unstuck. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's just use those words and go help each other, which is really right. what wisdom-based learning is, is just helping each other, but do it in a very intentional process left to ourselves. We tend to not do that. Uh, but that's yeah. usually where I start. Yeah. Uh, and you're not a big fan of uh, buzzwords, and I haven't no. used, I haven't heard you use the word paradigm shift at all. So no, I'm really disappointed. I'm yeah, I probably won't get invited back on you know this or any other podcast. But yeah, I, I actually talk about that because the other question I get after you know we talk too stuck and unstuck and what does that mean? What am I stuck on? Um, I, I sort of get a lot of questions like, well. I think I know, but what are some of the symptoms? I thought it was a really interesting question back to me. Like, how would I know I'm stuck? And I got really intrigued by that. So I did this little circle of stuck thing that I started drawing these pictures for people. I'm like, here, here's my story. I don't know if it's your story. And now I've gotten lots of confirmation the last three years. And so I built the circle of stuck. And, and part of the circle is buzzwords. I just think it became for me a symptom in my company. It's like, wait a minute. I go to a meeting and we've literally created a vocabulary, a whole new vocabulary on stuff that didn't need a vocabulary. And, and again, the psychology, I think, behind that is we don't know how to get unstuck and we're good people. So we try really hard. So we create a whole new vocabulary. We have lots of meetings. I mean, you ever seen a company have a lot of meetings on a topic? Have you ever seen a company 
carbon copy people, blind carbon copy. Those are symptoms of stuck. I had a CEO inter interrupt me the other day. I was giving this talk and he said, wait a minute, I got a record for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I just saw an email and had 347 carbon copies on it. Okay. Now, you know, my, my simple methodology, do you think that they may be stuck on something? Like, why would you possibly do that? Well, guess what? One of the symptoms of stuck is we want other people to know we're stuck. Just hoping someone will lob an answer over the wall and say, here's how you get it. It doesn't happen, but we feel better the more people we copy. Right. So, anyway, and, so those are the symptoms. And well, and I think I think one of the symptoms is as you talk through it is is the unwillingness to admit they're stuck. Absolutely. The unwillingness yeah. to admit that they don't know. Yeah. And and that's where you go back to, you know, uh, the definition of of Socrates is not knowing. <laughs> not knowing. Knowing that you don't know is the definition of it. So if you can start from that place as a coach, ask questions because you don't know. That's right. And, and then help, the two of you can help that person come to a place of wisdom. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and when I got into the coaching part of this, because again, we, our work was more advisory boards. And then two years ago, I um, had a client say, hey, will you do some coaching? I'm like, well, I'm not really a trained coach. I love coaching my senior team as a CEO. So I'd be glad to do some of that with you. And they were like, yeah, that's great. And then we had the idea, why not take our core, this wisdom-based methodology, and just individualize it. So when I say coach, I probably ought to be careful because our version of coaching is actually building what we call wisdom and learning ecosystems for leaders. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you just said, Roy. I mean, I'm not nearly as sophisticated as most trained coaches because all I do is sit down with a piece of paper <laughs> and draw a circle in the middle and that circle in the middle is the leader that we're working with and all I want to know is and I give them the marker if we're on a whiteboard and I you know what an ecosystem looks like I just draw three bubbles and just say just just candidly and discreetly write in the three bubbles once we understand what wisdom is knowledge and experience just write the three pieces of wisdom that you would love to have today to do your job better and to prepare you for the next job. Just, just see if you can do it. And it's, a, it's so much fun, Roy. I do it on a napkin at lunch or a whiteboard. And it's amazing how quickly people can do that because we know if we have the humility to admit it, we know what we're lacking, right? And instead of coming in with guns blaze and saying, hey, here's a 12-step program that's going to make you a great leader, right? And I'm not saying that can't help. I mean, there's probably great stuff in there. I got to do a lot of that. But what I want to know is in the quiet moments when you're in the fetal position sucking your thumb like I did, what would you like to know and have experience? Because guess what? I've got, we've got a network globally of people that want to pour into you and they do it because they love it. Mm -hmm. And so all we're doing is building this learning, this wisdom ecosystem. And then my question is them, and, and again, our little secret sauce is how we do that, how we facilitate it. It's not important. What is important is the question, what if on these three wisdom buckets, if you had six, eight, 10 people that have gone before you doing the same thing and they're really good at it, what if they poured into you for the next six months, 12 months? however long you can afford, how would that feel at the end of that time? And what's cool is we've done this long enough now is it only takes one, we call them facilitated conversations because everything has to be highly facilitated. If you left us, leave us to our own, you and I did it in the preview of this. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about stuff all over the board, fun stuff, right. sports, families, schools, 
facilitated conversations to transfer the wisdom. And, and what's fun for me is they get off there's in their 50 minute conversation, they get off the phone or a zoom video and, and they tend to call us and say, I had no earthly idea. I could learn this much in 50 minutes. Hmm. What just happened? And that's why I do this because it changes, starts to change the trajectory of a leader, not nibbling around the edges, not doing the stuff. There was nothing wrong with it, but we've now been at it long enough where this wisdom approach just changes the trajectory of how they think and most importantly operate. These are super practical things we get stuck on, Rory. So how do we get confident? I think the only way to do it efficiently and quickly is this bolus of wisdom that is attainable from other people on new stuff and our confidence soars and we're making great decisions or we're getting prepared for the next role or we're doing our current role. That's it. And again, I'm not saying that the psychological and the behavioral based coaching isn't, it's hugely important. Mm -hmm. And I love 360s. I love the, the assessment work, but what I'm absolutely a believer in now is we add wisdom to that equation this stuff moves at warp speed and it just is fun. You see the real joy come back in the leaders very, very quickly. Uh, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So how do people get a hold of you? I know you do wisdom-based coaching and things like that. So how yeah. do people get a hold of you and your company? Yeah, so um, two ways, gxg.co, C-O, is the company website, and we share everything on the website. I'm super okay. transparent. Again, the methodology is what's important to me. If we can help, that's awesome. But we've got tons of stuff out there, case studies, lots of content. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And then as far as speaking and all that, craiglamasters.com is my speaker website, if we can help in that regard. That is absolutely terrific. So I cannot say thank you enough. I love the wisdom-based coaching approach. And I love the book, Unstuck. The great thing I loved about it is that it's, it's a quick read. It's yeah. 91 pages, so yeah. you can get through it fast. And yeah. uh, I love that. So yeah, Craig Lamasters, the author of Unstuck, How to Unlock and Activate the Wisdom of Others. I love the book. It was an excellent uh, tool, and it's just got lots of tips on how people can get unstuck. So Craig, thank you for being here today. No, my pleasure, Roy. Just a fun conversation. Love the work that you're doing. Congratulations on all the stuff you've, you've accomplished and you continue to work on. And, uh, and just thanks for having me. What a, what a fun conversation. It is my pleasure, my friend. Thank you. That was a wonderful conversation with Craig LeMasters, Roy. Good job. Thank you, my friend. He had a lot of great information to add and uh, you know, just the, his experience as a CEO. The thing I like about him, he was just authentic. He was willing to share with folks his struggles, his challenges, and then how those struggles helped him to come to better realization of how he could fix it, how he could personally become unstuck, and then use those strategies to help other people become unstuck. So check out his book, Unstuck. Just go to craiglamasters.com, and he has all his mm -hmm. information there. Uh, That's right. We'd like to really encourage you to get that book because it sounds like a lot of good techniques in there. And those are the people who listen to this podcast are really, you know what you are, folks, you're sponges. You're, you're always getting into that new information and Unstuck would be a good book for you. Absolutely. Um, now, if they really want to sponge it up, they really want to soak in the true knowledge, how do they That's get right. a hold of you, Rory? Well, there's two things I want to recommend here. Number one, make sure you go out there and on iTunes and rate us. We would love that. The more ratings we get, the more listeners we get and the more value we can bring to you. So that's one thing. Uh, but certainly they can get to our website, RoryRoland.com. 
And also I have coachingmanager.university and the first person who writes me an email who wants to get that, we can get them on the Coaching Manager University program. It's a 52 module online program that they can learn to coach better. So those are the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Excellent. So there's no excuse, folks. Reach out to Rory. Check out the uh, Coaching Manager program there. And that is that's just a, a way you can always develop your skills. And we appreciate you listening. Any last words, Rory? Nope, that works, my friend. Coachingmanager.university is a great way to improve your skills. And if you'd like to talk to me, just RoryRoland.com. Okay, we'll see you next time, Rory. Thanks. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.